At Blackfoot Communications, our mission is to connect people, businesses, and communities to their networks in Montana and beyond. Through Blackfoot sponsorships, local ambassadors, and public programs, we support initiatives such as the Emergency Broadband Benefit, Fiber Deployments, and Community Events. For information on our commitment to improving our communities with fast, reliable, and secure internet access, go to blackfootcommunications.com slash news. Well, welcome. Uh, you know, really excited about the the victory we got on Saturday. It was a it was a hard fought hard fought win, and, and it wasn't perfect by any means. Uh, really felt like our guys um, stayed in the fight, believed in each other, and, and came out in the second half, and really did the things that we talked about at halftime. Um, put some points on the board, and obviously keeping them keeping them, keeping them off the scoreboard by and large. Um, our conditioning really held up, so we're really pleased with that. On a, a you know, it was a very hot day in Portland. Um, you know, I'm sure it was 90 plus on the turf. So, a lot to build off of, a lot to um, be excited about, but a lot to correct too. So, uh, we're on to Northern Colorado now, and excited about coming back home and, and playing in front of a packed crowd again at Bobcat Stadium. So, with that, I'll open it up. What are some of the things that have stood out to you uh, after watching film from Saturday's game? Well, I think first off, um, Portland State's quarterback Davis Alexander was really is a really good player, and I, we knew that going in. We knew that uh, he would be tough to contend with. Um, he made his fair share of plays, and, and fortunately, down the stretch, we were able to corral him. Um, so that was the first thing I think we felt like their defensive scheme would challenge us, um, you know, and. and we couldn't quite gain the momentum offensively to stay on the field in the first half um, enough, but figured out some things. And, you know, just like I said, Davis Alexander's a really good player. Isaiah Alfonso is a really good player, too. And, and getting him um, to the second level was the key. And, and obviously, uh, he had a tremendous, uh, tremendous game. And, and, you know, we really needed that. Um, and he carried the lion's share of the, the attempts for us. And, and ultimately, that'll have to be divvied out a little bit more, I think, um, as the season goes along. Did you feel that if you kept running into that flex, that eventually it would start to bend a little bit and you could get to that second level? Was that the mentality in the second half? Yeah, and it was, to some degree, it was it was finding schematically how we wanted to attack it. Um, and it was probably more uh, running at it than trying to, to get outside. Uh, we had some success outside, but we had more success probably between the tackles. Um, and honestly, I, I think our guys kind of seeing it and sorting through it and, um, you know, trusting, I guess, the calls and what we were doing was probably the biggest thing. It, it's going to take some time to, to play through that for anybody, and, and you got to kind of stick to it. And, and fortunately, you know, we went into halftime just down one, and we're really able to stick to the plan. And, um, you know, it really opened up the running game in the second half. Was there a lineman or a couple of linemen that, that stood out the most on the offense? Uh, not necessarily. I, I think, um, you know, for us it was a collective effort. Um, you know, I think uh, that kind of defense poses challenges for offensive linemen when you're, you're, you're moving guys every which way and, and you don't necessarily know where they're going to be. Um, 
are going to be once you snap the football, you know, uh, and if they're down guys, if they're stand-up guys, it's quite a variety for that group. So I think uh, they all had their level of success and they probably all had the, you know, things that we can certainly clean up um, as a group. And Cole Sam was, I forget if you mentioned that he played at, you know, right guard and plays at Tui. Um, yeah. what, what was kind of the thinking behind that and how much will that be? be well, I, I, you know, Cole's healthy again. Uh, you know, he, he had gotten healthy right prior to the Wyoming game. So we, he was going to figure into the rotation a little bit that week. Um, it was really the same thought process um, going into Portland State, and you know whether it's at guard or center, uh, he's going to he provides us depth um, and, and honestly provides us competition. So I think we'll continue to work Cole into in their set rotations and how, you know how many plays per game that'll uh, mean. I don't necessarily know, but he'll certainly figure into some playing time. Was Tui just getting a blow? Yeah, I believe so. Uh, I can't even recall when that happened. But we had some guys get uh, get tired. It was uh, it was it was a test that day for our you know for our conditioning for our mental toughness. And I, I think we passed, but it was good. You know, I, there was a set rotation for Cole to get in in the first half, and that's when he figured in um, at center, and then he went in at guard a little bit in the second half to to give Taylor a blow. What have you thought about the boost that Jahari Mark has continued to give him rising to the occasion? Yeah, really pleased. Uh, you know, he's a tailback by trade, um, but he's a powerful individual. And I know with RJ uh, as our fullback, you know, in, in fall camp, I, you know, I we felt like if RJ were to go down, Jahari would be the next guy up. But he was really still just a tailback by and large through through spring ball and fall camp. So it's it's really been a little bit of, you know, on-the-job training in the last couple of weeks, uh, you know, following RJ's injury. Certainly in that game, when RJ went down, Jahari hadn't got a lot of fullback uh, preparation that week, got more um, the last couple of weeks. And then ultimately the game plan, you know, took, took a turn where we played with a fullback quite a bit in that game, and, and he got a lot of, a lot of run. And, He's, he's again learning on the fly, and in particular for a defense like that, where you don't, you know, you don't have static defenders. You have de- defenders coming from all different angles. Um, was pleased with his efforts, and, and you know he's been a, a impactful player on special teams as well. And um, you know, I just he's got that attitude. Whatever I can do to help the team, whatever I can do to get on the field to help the team, and and, and those are the type of guys we need in this program. On top of it being uh, hot on the field, uh, it was a little quieter of an atmosphere, and some of the players commented on that from a coaching perspective. Does that affect you guys at all when you start, or, or no? Uh, you know what? Uh, it, it can't, ultimately. Uh, we knew going in it wasn't going to be the atmosphere that we played in the first three games. Um, and whether it's – all we can control is our preparation, I guess. And are we prepared? Um, you know, and, and if if our guys need to entirely feed off of what the crowd brings, um, we're not where we need to be. Um, but but playing in that that ex- that environment um, sheds some light on it, I guess. You know, I I think more more than anything, um, Portland State created a little bit of momentum right away. Um, they didn't score that first drive, but they moved the football. Uh, we were three and out, then they moved the football again, and that was kind of the way the first half went. So, you know, and I don't think that was because we weren't prepared. They just they made some plays we didn't, um, and before you know it, they they have momentum on their side. And, and you know, I thought our guys um, ultimately 
work through that, you know, and, and, and it wasn't a, I, you know, it wasn't a terrible atmosphere there. I, I, I can't imagine if there was 2000 people there, but it was, you know, we had some fans there, they had some fans there. So, you know, that's, that's going to be the nature of some of the venues we play in and, and we got to be prepared to play in them and come out of the gates as hot as we can. Do you think maybe some of that was just inevitable having it be two, two blowouts in a row and playing two games at home? Uh, again, same thing. It can't be. I, I, if we're getting too caught up into reading our clippings or, or looking at scores and trying to rationalize how our next opponent is, we're caught up in the wrong things. Um, I think we were well aware that Portland State was dangerous. I think we were well, well aware that we were far from perfect in those previous couple games. Um, but, you know, as, as you grow and learn uh, about your team, um, you know, they're not all seasoned vets. And, and we got plenty of guys that are going through this for the first time. So I think it was a tremendous learning opportunity for our team, um, for our leaders to continue to emerge and step up um, because we have to be prepared to play, you know, anywhere against anybody at any time. That's got to be our, our mindset. And, and that was a step forward at kind of working through that on Saturday. Is there anything you, you could pinpoint or... or sum up as far as penalties and why there were more in this game than others? Yeah, we got four, um, you know, in sportsman-like personal fouls, uh, and that that's, I think, very uncharacteristic. And the guys that got them, I would say, are, are good team players. Um, I, I think we got caught up in the emotions a little bit on a couple of them. A couple of them re, were re, uh, the reactive nature, which the reactor typically is the one that does get caught. And then we got uh, double on the touchdown when we, we went up 13 points or we went up 12 and you know I, I do think across football there's a heightened sense of uh, you know calling penalties for taunting and, and talking and those type of things it's NFL on down and you know it's important our guys understand that that whole drive um, as we were pushing the ball down the field and it was physical there was a lot going on and, and our guys have to learn talk with your pads get back to the huddle go do it again and, and we didn't do a very good job of that um so again like a lot of things within that game we need to learn from it and um and grow and not not see that type we had seven penalties and four of them were were of that nature and and all were impactful you know you take 15 yards times four um you take two times 15 you get the kick from the 10 those are all bad situations for us and the, the holding penalty and the, you know false start, the other the other ones yeah. Uh, yeah, the two holds were, were bad were bad plays. I mean, they negated gains in both cases. I, I think uh, they would both be classified as, as technical mistakes, I think, in both cases. Um, so, yeah, you know, I think it's a deal. The offsides, um, you're going to get a few of those. You're going to get a few unforced. Uh, the holds kind of – the ebbs and flows of getting holds um, kind of goes with the crew sometimes. But – you know, our penalties were all warranted, um, ill-timed, and, and we gotta we got to be more disciplined. I guess that's the bottom line. Obviously Monday, but anything uh, stand out to you about Northern Colorado coming up this week? Well, they're coming off a big win, and they back-to-back um, overtime games, um, you know, finding a way to win against a team that had just come off of beating, um, you know, an FBS team. I, I think that was a big win for them, and – 
you know, they're a, they're a program that they, they hired a coach in the offseason last year and, and didn't get a chance to play. So they're really, I, I'm certain, still creating their identity and um, getting, you know, I don't know if that's a signature win, but getting a big, a, a big sky win like that, um, you know, certainly is one to create some momentum with. And, and they have several transfers um, from a lot of different programs. So they're a lot different than they would have been in 19 to, to even – think anything resembles what they were in 19 would be um, would be a real mistake and you know coach McCaffrey brings a, a wealth of experience from his playing days his coaching days at Valor Christian um, he's got his son you know who, who played in the Big Ten playing for him at quarterback they they got some really explosive players uh, on offense uh, running backs receivers and they got some you know really skilled guys on defense so you know, we could we could look at their scores, line them up, look at their stats, and, and say whatever. But they they're coming off a big win, and and, and we gotta be prepared for their best shot. Scheme wise, what what, what are, are they more uh, conventional than PSU? Similar? Um, I'd say more traditional on, on offense. Uh, you know, mix of being under center and um, play action. Uh, try to get the running game going. Not as pass heavy, maybe as. Uh, Portland State was not as dependent on their quarterback to make plays. However, Dylan uh, can make a bunch of plays with his arm in particular. Uh, really good running back. Um, you know, a couple of those transfers are at the receiver position. Really good size guys. You know, so yeah, more traditional in their sets. Um, trying to get one on ones with those big big receivers. Defensively, uh, it's it's a three three stack defense. One that we probably won't see the rest of the year. Um, so a little bit uh, of an anomaly again from a defensive perspective. It's a defensive uh, system that's come you know come along the last couple of years. Um, you know started at, I think A and M, Iowa State runs it. Uh, we saw it at Wyoming both uh, both with Tulsa and Texas State. So it's become more and more of a defense that can really slow down the pass because you're dropping eight in the coverage quite a bit, um, but you're you're deployed enough to stop the run um, by, by the way they set. So, you know, it's uh, it, it'll be the way the season goes. You shift gears schematically week to week. That's just the way things the way things work. And, and you know, we've already done that starting here on Monday. So, did you characterize that three three five as a big nickel, or do they play more of a rover safety? Or what does that secondary look like in that in that scheme? Uh, they are they're secondary player, more safeties. But uh, yeah, it's. Uh, it's got an unusual flavor to it. Um, when it's probably the one time in eleven games you'll see it. I, you know, I think that's the that's the biggest thing. And um, that that year at Wyoming in nineteen, we saw it two out of three three weeks. So um, I I have a per, personally a little bit of experience. I know Coach Housewright does. Um, they played Iowa State last year at when he was at Oregon. So we, there's a little bit of history, but they're all they all got their different spin on it. So you know, they're really active with their their front five, um, really good players, uh, you know, and then secondary wise, they're just they're deployed and they let play play a lot of zone. Um, so you have to be, you know, you have to be patient, uh, take what they give you. That's really, you know, it's it's really a bend but don't break type of philosophy. Matt seems to have continued to be patient with the football, you know, with one turnover this weekend. But uh, what have you liked about that, and how important will that be this weekend? Well, I, I think his productivity, um, completing the football, not turning it over, um, getting our playmakers involved has to continue and has to continue to improve. Um, 
you know, I thought he, he didn't start super fast by any means, but he, you know, he stayed with it, um, you know, made some throws in particular in the second half to Lance that helped us open up the game. Um, you know, yeah, he's going to have to play well for us to win and, and understand that he doesn't have to do it all himself. I think that's, you know, as he grows in his experience level, I, I think that's where I, I do feel like, okay, I can lean on some guys. I can certainly hand the ball off to Isaiah, and that looks good from, from time to time. I can I can find Lance. I You know, we have to be able to get Willie a little bit more involved, certainly in the passing game. Um, it was good to see Jaden get a catch uh, in the two-minute. Uh, our, our tight ends had a, had a couple opportunities. So, you know, Matt's continued growth um, as we go through the conference season will be huge. What do you think? Is Lance just a really good route runner? What, what, what are the best skills, I guess, as a receiver? Well, I think first off, um, he catches the ball real well. Uh, but then, you know, he, he's he's got good size. He's strong. He's not – he doesn't have amazing size, but he's good size for a receiver. And he's he's got, I think, above average strength for sure. And he runs well enough and, and, and you know, he's running good routes. So, you know, he can separate in a lot of different ways. And then if it is a 50-50 ball, I think he's proven he can catch it. So that's, that's a lot of – skills that you're looking for a lot of attributes you're looking for in a receiver and I think he's playing extremely confident right now and I think Matt's extremely confident in him and that's that's that kind of relationship you you want to have between um, you know your quarterback and your leading receiver. How surprising was it that one of the only miscommunications of the year was was on that pick and it was, it was with Lance? Well it's not the first time that's happened it's you know we, we have a read element um, on some routes and and that was, you know, Matt was wrong there. Lance was right. Um, I, we had a couple of those against Wyoming. Uh, so something we got to eliminate. Uh, you know, we got to be able to see coverage the same way to to be able to throw the ball where we need to throw it. And um, it'll be something we continue to work on. I imagine that that kind of just speaks a lot of trust in your quarterback to be able to have that that kind of read element. Is that fair? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I, I you know, Matt's um, he's very diligent in studying coverage and. and you know, when when we feel like we can take advantage, and then we'll we'll go down that route to allow those those reads to occur. And if if we don't feel like they can present themselves, we won't. But uh, he certainly earned the right, and, and I think on the flip side, our receivers have to 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 get those calls in games, and we've executed pretty well. When studying film with Matt, what are some things you really want him to pick up on when he's in the film room that you see? Well, I, I think just generally with quarterbacks. Um, from one opponent to the next, you need to be able to shift gears. Um, you know, you're used to seeing your own defense for that extended period of time between spring and fall, and that's that's lays a foundation. But you go week to week now. It's it's trying to identify uh, what are the keys to their coverage. You know, which which defender is is going to be the key to I guess give it away or tip the coverage as much as possible sometimes it's alignment sometimes it's technique sometimes it's their eyes um, within coverage you know if it's a heavy man team you know who would you prefer to go after um, and then I think if it's a heavy blitz team a pressure team obviously understanding you know the the do's and don'ts as far as you know our pressure goes I think those are the biggest components is understanding coverage and understanding pressure and you know, then we we ask him to do a fair amount in the run game, and that becomes kind of that third component: um, how much we can go go forward in the run game as far as him making decisions. Any update on Coy James and other injuries? Uh, Coy suffered a, a serious injury, and, and 
he'll be out for an extended period of time. Um, James, we're, we're hopeful that there'll be a return at some point. I, I, I don't know it'll be this week, but I, I think we're a good reason to think we'll get him back. Um, you know, RJ's on the mend. Uh, he's not too far off. And Kendrick Bailey's on the mend. He's not too far off. Um, Nolan is out. I think we've, we've talked about that. Uh, Kyle had his surgery. He's, he's doing well. So I think that's, yeah, that's the updates right now. I, I, I know, uh, you know, Tyrell, we've worked back into practice for a week and, and feel good about his progress there and didn't need him in the game. Um, but uh, I imagine we'll see him moving forward. Is Simeon, uh, Tyrell, kind of, are they going to be likely to get most of the reps then this week? Yeah, uh, you know, I think, I think Simeon's really played well. Um, and earned the right to be on the field more and more. And, and I, I think, you know, Eric's played, Eric Zambrano's played uh, solid football. Um, we've been playing three corners along with James and now Tyrell, you know, plugging him in there will probably be a, a similar look as far as how we, you know, rotate through. At Blackfoot Communications, our mission is to connect people, businesses, and communities to their networks in Montana and beyond. Through Blackfoot sponsorships, local ambassadors, and public programs, we support initiatives such as the Emergency Broadband Benefit, Fiber Deployments, and Community Events. For information on our commitment to improving our communities with fast, reliable, and secure internet access, go to blackfootcommunications.com slash news. Uh, a couple for you, uh, following up just on, on Lance, it's a... Uh sort of cool that you got a guy that is from that from from bozeman so what do you, does that come with extra pressure though i mean what do you think of his ability to sort of handle being the hometown guy because sometimes that could be a uh, distraction is the wrong word but it can just be extra yeah i'd imagine it is um in particular when a guy's young i think lance uh being a fifth year guy i think he's beyond that i, I think he's waited in the the wings for this opportunity um and I, I think his confidence uh, in his own abilities would, and our confidence in him, honestly, would override any sense of expectations that are going to bring him down. I, I think he's, you know, he's waited for, you know, a couple years behind some, you know, really from an opportunity perspective behind a couple guys. He's been on the field, but, you know, it was apparent from the time I, you know, I got the job back in February that um, he saw himself, um, making the plays and making the contribution he is right now and it was early to, it was easy for us to see early you know between the the workouts we did in the winter and then spring ball that uh, he was going to be capable of uh, becoming the guy that uh, that he has so far that group's interesting because not only did those guys have to do so much more blocking because it was such a run heavy offense but also a lot of those guys were kind of stuck behind two of the more talented guys montana state's had in a long time and travis johnson and Kevin Cassis. So do you sort of see a revitalized energy in them, or how do you think they've reacted to this, getting more opportunities, being more involved in the offense as a whole? Well, I think, first off, they understand that it's an every-play deal. I, I think that's that's the residual of, of maybe the things they were asked to do before. Um, our guys need to, you know, not only run routes and catch the ball, but they need to block, and that that's certainly continued. I, I think... Uh, you know, whether it's Lance uh, wanting to seize this opportunity, if it's it's Willie getting back on the field um, after all the hardship that he's had staying on the field, um, and then some of the younger guys, you know, Jaden hadn't really had a chance to get on the field a whole lot. Uh, 
we bring Cam Gardner into the mix. Um, you know, Coy, uh, you know, unfortunately he got hurt, but he's willing to do whatever. Uh, and that, that showed in, I think, throughout his career here. So, yeah, I, I think, you know, receivers want to be involved. They want to get the ball. But I, I think, you know, we set the tone that it's got to be a, you know, unselfish, uh, unselfish group um, that's willing to do whatever they're asked and, you know, keep getting better. You'll be rewarded on the other side. And I know it does help the more times that the, the ball is getting thrown for sure. I know I touched on this with you at the Big Sky kickoff, but I wanted to follow up with you just because we've seen the impact it can have already just one week into league play, and that's when it comes to explosive returns. You guys had one. Coy had one on Saturday, but you know I think there was three kick returns for touchdowns on the opening weekend of Big Sky Conference play. Uh, how much can that impact the momentum of a game, but also then how high of a priority do you put on kick coverages and things like that to sort of mitigate those explosive plays from your opponent? Well, they, they are certainly big plays, and I, I'll talk about the coverage aspect first. Uh, you know, we have to be able to keep keep those at a minimum, and kickoff cover-wise, you know, we've done a, an awesome job at this point, um, forced a lot of fair catches. You know, Blake's kicked the ball uh, fairly well four games in. Uh, punt coverage-wise, uh, we let one, you know, get to, I think, a 14-yarder right away. Um, you know, so that's a that's a huge priority, and also where, where where Bryce kicks the ball directionally and hang time and distance isn't really important. I know creating returns uh, on our end uh, that was the first game we've been able to to get any kickoff returns, and, and and we were honestly disappointed with our production there. So we need to we need to improve upon those opportunities. I do you know in the punt game it has shown up um, where where we've had some impactful impactful plays and that was that was huge that sequence right after half we'd move the ball a little bit on offense uh pin them so Bryce had a good kick went three and out and you know that created that opportunity for that that catch at midfield for Coy and and we I think we got inside the 20 tag on uh penalty we were sitting there at the nine and and that little sequence of offense to punt to defense to punt return you know, flip the fortunes of the game, um, ultimately with the return that Coy had. So, you know, we got to be able to limit them and we got to be able to create them at times. And, and we're working real hard um, schematically on both sides of football. And I think we have a, guy, a group of guys with a real desire and understanding how important those plays are. Um, but I, I don't think we're the only team in the big sky that thinks that way. So, you know, it'll be important each week that we, we create, um, momentum in, in the special teams game and, and we certainly don't allow it to be created on the other side. I know you don't necessarily specifically recruit a guy because he's a kick returner, probably wants to play a different position too, but those abilities are pretty apparent, especially from in that element from a young age. So, But do you feel like there's guys that land at the FCS level and in the big sky that maybe have superior talent in that specific element of the game? That's an interesting thought. I, I, I think it can happen that way because, you know, in particular, I'd say in the punt return game, um, punt returning doesn't always correlate to, to big time receiving skills necessarily. Um, and I, you know, to some degree, I would say the kickoff is the same way. I, so guys can, you know, guys can slip through the cracks that have, they're elusive. They're maybe quicker than they are fast. Uh, and that's what a punt returner really needs to be um you know sometimes a kick returner is more about a guy that can just hit it and go but uh yeah i think there's some real good insight in that thought because 
you know, at the F, as you higher up you go, you're probably looking at, at speed, speed, speed. And, and sometimes that, you know, those, those guys that are, are very elusive, but maybe don't have that top end speed are, are looked over. And those, those a lot of times are the guys with really uh, excellent re return skills. Last one for me. Uh, you mentioned Dylan McCaffrey, the, the quarterback from Northern Colorado. And there's been, in recent years, guys that were, you know, three, four star recruits that have landed at the big sky and in the FCS as well. But, I mean, he's a little different than that even as a guy that was, you know, a top 100 player coming out of high school, a top 10 quarterback in the entire country, in Michigan and all that. So do you see that talent level? Do you see him on film? And what sort of impact do you think that potential could have in the league long term? Yeah, he's he's talented, and I you know we didn't have a shot to recruit him at Wyoming, but with the proximity to Denver, I was very familiar with with Dylan, um, and you know in going to Michigan, that was warranted by by his high school career. Um, I, I know Michigan's played a, a bunch of guys at quarterback the last several years. It's been a little bit of a revolving door, but he was on the field a bunch, and you know uh, I, I think he's a guy that. Um, you know, has football in his blood, obviously, and has athleticism in his his bloodlines. Um, you know, his brothers, his dad, his mom, uh, his, his I know one of his grandfathers I think was an Olympic champion um, or Olympian at least. So there's a lot to be said for him just growing up uh, around sports and competition, and then you know having been coached by his dad. Um, and then now being coached again by his dad and his older brother, what a unique situation. Uh, Max is the offensive coordinator. And, and you know, so it's, it's, it's early in this whole transition for them, but, but he, Dylan's got a whole bunch of talent. He, he's, I think he's more of a passer than a runner, but he's more than capable of, of making some plays with his athleticism. And, and he's got some really good targets, um, you know, really good sized targets on the other end so I you know I would imagine their passing game and his numbers will continue to grow as uh, as this season goes along as his career does uh, we're catching him on the early side of it and, and hopefully we can have our, our own level of success against him but uh, yeah he I would imagine he's gonna have a good career and be a real big impact down there in Greeley thanks coach yeah just one more um, just what, what have you seen from Callahan so far this season uh, Kellen's been really steady. Um, you know, he's tackled the football well. I, I think we, we found in that will spot um, in this defense a real good home where he's generally playing in the box. Um, so, so, so alignment and seeing things, you know, his instincts can, can take over. But he's really, you know, I, I think ran well and, and made plays um, sideline to sideline. He, he's blitzing probably more than he did before. I think he's been... He's been effective there as well, so really pleased with with his play. I know he gets overshadowed, um, I, I think by Troy, but but that tandem um, we've been really pleased with, and, and and that's not just Troy making plays; it's the both of them. At Blackfoot Communications, our mission is to connect people, businesses, and communities to their networks in Montana and beyond. Through Blackfoot sponsorships, local ambassadors, and public programs, we support initiatives such as the Emergency Broadband Benefit, fiber deployments, and community events. For information on our commitment to improving our communities with fast, reliable, and secure internet access, go to blackfootcommunications.com news.